0: welcome to the details of life with marcus wilson we are now at episode seven guys episode seven and it's moving by really fast uh you know we're getting a lot of good traction i'm getting a lot of good reviews you know i was really surprised really at the the lack of views on the last episode not that i do this for the views i'm gonna do it whether i get two or two thousand or you know however many because i i love doing what i'm doing with this but i was really surprised and you know uh we had a great conversation with the city treasurer, St. Louis City Treasurer Tashara Jones. I mean, if you're from St. Louis, I really think you should listen to it. We talked about a lot of topics that would affect you and uh, how, and our community, how to get it better. But to each his own. You know, I'm living, I'm learning, trying to figure it out, figure out what the people want. And you know, speaking of that, you know, I think my first episode, I kind of gave you guys um, a kind of synopsis, a kind of summary of who I am. But since then, we've, man, we've gotten a lot of new subscribers, a lot of new listeners. So I feel maybe I should just do another quick recap of who I am and why I'm doing this and why you might want to listen. Why I have any credibility to talk about any of these things. So uh, I'm from South Bend, Indiana. Ended up going to uh, play basketball on a scholarship at University of Evansville, and I had a really good career there. Uh, after college, went overseas. I had about you know I had some stints with some uh, NBA summer league teams with uh, the Utah Jazz and the Knicks and the Bucks. Never quite stuck. Uh, so played 12 years professionally in uh, multiple countries across Europe and South America and the Middle East. Um, and then after that, came back to Atlanta. I bought a home there, ran a couple of businesses, and then uh, started missing basketball. And uh, was hired at, on the basketball men's basketball staff at St. Louis University in 2013. We went to the NCAA tournament. I went to the NCAA tournament as a player, and have won as a player and as a coach, and that's just a real blessing because I know people have been coaching for twenty years have never been there as a player, coach, or anything. And so, but was fortunate enough to go there as a player and a coach. Um, got a win in the NCAA tournament as a coach, um, and then we were, you know, then we didn't win the following year. So the nature of the game is, you know, we got fired in two thousand sixteen, and then I transitioned over to the YMCA, where I'm now executive director of the Bear YMCA in North. West City, St. Louis. Really challenging area, but we're making a lot of strides um, going through a, a capital renovation right now. Uh, raised over $2 million to, to be able to do that, and so really happy about some of those things. Um, in terms of basketball, you know, like I said, you know, uh, my jersey's retired at Evansville and in the Hall of Fame there, I was voted one of the top 50 players to ever play in the Missouri Valley Conference. People like Larry Bird, Hershey Hawkins, Xavier McDaniel, the list goes on, so really blessed to be mentioned among people like that and uh and yeah and so i you know also do color commentating for the university of evansville and the missouri valley conference on espn3 and espn plus as a basketball analyst and so you know i do think i have a little bit of uh, credibility to talk basketball credibility to talk business and i feel like there's people out there that i know in the basketball and business world um that you know that uh i can bring on and share their stories and how they got to where they're at how they were successful and some of the you know ups and downs of their stories, and let you get to know them a little bit better. So that's really what I'm doing. I think as the podcast grows, we're going to continue to like to start talking topics. I bring some of these people on. And we're going to talk like current, uh, relevant events and current topics, things like the coronavirus. I'm pointing at my shirt. This isn't the coronavirus. It's the Corona beer. But uh, the coronavirus. We'll talk about NCAA draws and uh, you know basketball, baseball, anything. You know, just like most podcasts but just try to bring different people on from different backgrounds and talk about their story as well so with that said my next guest is my first ceo uh on the details of life just so happens to be the ceo of the business that i work for he's the ceo of the gateway region ymca which is basically the st louis metropolitan ymca uh includes st louis all the way into southwestern illinois all the way out to the west west st louis and um we have 26 Y's and one of the largest Y's in the country and so uh wanted to bring a ceo on and get his perspective you know he also coached uh basketball and so we have a lot in common when it comes to basketball and our background with that and i aspire to be a ceo one day and so you know uh just wanted to bring him on and talk a little bit about his journey getting where he was, where he's at how he feels like the why can impact our city here in st louis uh, a lot of other good things that we talked about and so You know, I think you guys should stay tuned and and listen to what Mr. Tim Helm, CEO of the Gateway Region YMCA, has to say. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Details of Life uh, with Marcus Wilson. I'm your host, Marcus Wilson, and today we have a special guest. I need to be on my best behavior. This is my boss, but better for you guys may know as Tim Helm. Uh, CEO of the Gateway Region YMCA. How you doing today, Tim? I'm doing great, Marcus. Thanks for the opportunity to be here. Thank you for coming on, and I'm, I'm really excited about this because, you know, this is going to be a conversation where we just kind of talk organically because we obviously both know a, li- a lot about the why. you more so than me. But also, I know that you're a sports fan, and everyone knows, and I have sports yeah. background. So let's kind of start there. I know when you first came here, people told me that you came from Dayton and you coached yeah. AAU. So... Uh, let the people know a little bit about your background and what you coach. And Yeah.
1: So, you know, so I grew up no different than you. I grew up in central Indiana. Yep. Um, and if you grew up in central Indiana and you are tall, you played basketball, right? You're a Hoosier. So yep. You're a Hoosier, right? Yep. So I loved the game. Played through high school. My limiting factor was really a lack of talent. So... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I went as far as I could with that. But actually, when I started working for the Y, part of the reason I started working for the Y was just the love of kids and the love of youth sports. And okay. so one of my first jobs in the Y was running youth sports director, running basketball league, soccer, day camp, that kind of stuff. Well, then I had my own kids, right? Okay. And I kind of evolved into coaching with them. And... Um, you know, just when my one of my sons hit uh, kindergarten, I did the K-1, you know, basketball league at yep, the y. Yep. I was the assistant coach, okay. and about three minutes into the first practice, I thought, I will never be an assistant coach <laughs> again. If I'm yeah. going to do this, I want to be in charge. Yeah. So, um, you know, I was fortunate. I've got three kids that all had some athletic ability in different sports, and one that went on to um, – play AU and so I had an opportunity you know he got an invitation in seventh grade um well really fifth and sixth grade he played AU but seventh grade really where I got a little more serious okay and you know there is there's there's goods and bads about AU which you know tell me about it and so right so part of my thing was if I'm gonna let my child have that experience I want to control that experience a little bit yep and so coached with a friend of mine um, and we were really fortunate had a great group of kids that we took through seventh grade all the way through uh, the end of their high school career yeah and then um, also did because uh, he was so involved, obviously in the school program as well. Got an invitation to coach the middle school level for a couple years. Okay, uh, while I was doing that, this, in uh, this is in Indiana or this is this in Dayton. Okay, and you know I kind of love that level of teaching the fundamentals of the game yeah. and kind of that younger, uh, that kind of middle school age kid. Yeah, I, I did all the way through, and we had a great experience through high school. And yeah. Um, But yeah, just loved that experience. Brought me back to a game that I loved as a kid. Yeah, Um, learned a lot. You know, it's interesting as I look now, things that I learned through coaching that I apply to my work in the Y every day. Exactly right. And and I, it's developed a little bit of a philosophy of who we like to have on our team. Right. Yeah, I'm not overly bearing about this but I love people on our white team a lot of white people tend to have sports backgrounds yep yep right and I think that's you know I think there's some skills there that you learn is about being a part of a team about putting others before yourself yep Um, I like competitive people yep right in our work and so it's there's really been a lot of really good mesh over the years
0: yeah I I couldn't agree more like the coaching aspect of coaching people up and then also the the next thing I want to ask you about is like when you're a coach uh, when you're recruiting players some of those same philosophies goes into business. And so with that being said, with the CEO mindset, I, I've been around here for four years and saw you build up, uh, bring in new people, talented people that have, you know, increased the impact of the why. What are some of the things you look for when you're recruiting slash hiring for a business yeah. uh, and, and in terms of building up your bench strength and building the culture of the business you want?
1: Yeah, you know, Marcus. I w- it's a great question. And I would tell you it's probably when I when I interviewed here for the CEO job. One of the things that the selection committee asked me was, you, know, what are you best at? Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, and. I said, you know, I'm not going to be, I remember my answer. I said, I'm not going to be falsely modest. If I wasn't pretty good at what I did, I wouldn't be here exactly. in the final two or three for the job. Right. But I really do think that what I do better than anything else is identify talent in people and put teams together uh-huh. and put people in positions to be successful. Okay. And so, you know, what I'm, what I'm looking for um, are, you know, people committed to the work that we do. The I'll, I'll go back to what I just said about AU coaching, right? So people that are willing to put kind of their their the team before themselves yep. to understand, particularly in not for profit work like the why or mission work, um, you know, it's a little bit of a bigger calling, yeah. than, you know, Where when you're working for a mission and community service versus yep. a bottom line buck. Um, and so you gotta have people that understand that I like, you know, I like people that have some level of sports in their background. A lot of cases, yeah. it's not, it's not, I don't ever rule anybody out for that, yeah. but, um, you know, and I think that's really at the end of the day, what we've done most successfully here and kind yeah. of turning this wire around is the team that we've put together and people that are committed to the work that we do.
0: Yeah. I, I, yeah, I again, I agree when I'm, when I'm hiring again, like you said, I'm not eliminating anyone if they don't have this background. but sports uh people in the military and people mm-hmm. like first responders mm-hmm. they all have that heart to serve they and they know how to put the team's success over their own yeah. and that's crucial in a business um so obviously you're the ceo i would like to be a ceo there's a lot of people that probably want to start and lead their own business what were can you kind of explain how what's the path you took yeah in order to get here yeah yeah so
1: you know i A lot of people come into the work for the Y and they say, you know, I want to work with kids or I want to be a branch exec. And, you know, and I kind of had that path as well. Um, You know, when I first started working for the Y, like I said, I did youth sports, I did day camp and I was a 20 something kid. And I thought this is like this is like the greatest job in the world. People are like paying me to be outside (laughs) with kids and coaching and that kind of thing. Well, then I got fortunate enough to get moved from a small Y to a larger Y, kind of a similar role, and then into my first branch exec role. These were all in Cincinnati where I started my career. And, you know, when I got to be a branch exec, I thought, well, this is like the coolest job ever. Yeah. I like to, I get to like run this operation, um, have these people see this impact that the Y makes every day. Um, had an opportunity, I wanted to get a completely different experience. I was running a kind of suburban family predominantly white, kind of YMCA, Mm -hmm. great work, great stuff, but I wanted to get a different experience, so in 96 I made the decision to move to run a downtown Y uh, in Dayton, um, Dayton, Ohio. Um, Completely different experience, heavy adult fitness, Mm -hmm. um, not a lot of kids around, what (laughs) I learned in Hydeside by about day three I'm like I'm not sure I want to do this this is like <laughs> yeah I kind of got into the Y for kids yep. so I haven't seen one in three days um, but kind of grew that work and and I was really fortunate that the leadership team at that Y wanted to reposition that Y as a more traditional Y okay. and not a downtown fitness center and so I had an opportunity opened a couple of child care centers started a couple of day camps brought youth sports did some of that stuff okay um, You really then had an opportunity to move into a COO role, um, which I I I liked, but it wasn't, and I was good at it, but it wasn't. I knew it wasn't the end all for me kind of piece. Um, And then, kind of out of the blue, got an opportunity in 2002 to be the CEO of the Dayton Y. um, Okay, and then really just kind of fell into my group, found something that I was really good at that I enjoyed doing. Um, that I was passionate about, that I had some skills and talents around. And what I've really discovered about myself and kind of that journey is that I have a real, um, I have kind of a real passion and skill around turning operations around. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not a guy that wants to just go kind of manage status quo. Yeah. But
0: I like the kind of challenge of turning things around. So this is more of a why question, but do you think that it's necessary to have that COO experience to be a CEO cuz I could see where it would help you you know with strategically and and, and all the operational side but you clearly have the skill set of a CEO of leading a team and getting out into the community and that, and things like that but do you need did you need that in order or do you think you could do do it without it
1: yeah you know so there's there's in an organization the size and breadth of the why right mm-hmm. so there a CEO role in the St. Louis Y, which is a large Y, twenty-four branches, we have five thousand employees, lots of big numbers, yeah. is maybe a little different role than if you're the CEO of the Edwardsville Y or Got the it. CEO yeah. of you know of the Jefferson City Y, yeah. right? So you know in those kind of roles. I, I don't know that it's as important because in a lot of times in those smaller whys, you are the CEO, yeah. you are the COO, you're Doing the aquatic everything. director, <laughs> yeah. or you've got to do it at all. Yeah. Um, you know, in a bigger why, you know, is it necessary? I don't know if I'd say it's necessary, but the thing that it's allowed me to do with the experience was there is no area in the work that we do that I've not had my hands in at some yeah. point in my career. yeah So to be able to walk in to a front of, um, a room full of aquatic directors, or a room full of childcare directors, or a room full of you sports directors, or membership directors, and be able to say, "I've done your I've job." Been yep. I've been there. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, I think there's some
0: credibility value to that. That makes sense. So, with, with that being said, is there anybody along the way that has influenced uh, your leadership style? I know as a coach, I, I, I stole things from other people, even the business world. I, learn things from you and guys like Rob West and Dave Brown and other people all across the country. Uh, who ha- helped influence you and maybe even served as mentors for you?
1: Yeah, so I was really, really fortunate. I, when I was looking at the opportunity to go to Dayton when I was in Cincinnati, the Dayton Y had historically had some really bad struggles. Mm-hmm. And, and Cincinnati at the time, still today, vibrant, exciting, really good Y, and so when I was going to Dayton, there was a number of people that kind of cautioned me, don't go there, yeah. right? It's probably not the best opportunity for you. But they had a young, dynamic CEO named Mike Parks who okay. had just come there. Um, and I really, I loved Mike's vision mm-hmm. and the opportunity to, to be part of the why, but mainly what I liked about him was his honesty. Yeah. And when we sat down in the interview, I remember he said to me, he drew this continuum and said, think of the best why you can think of on this end and the worst why you can think of on this end. We're like right here. (laughs) (laughs) And he said, so you know, if you wanna like, if you like doing like fundamentals, like I'll go back to coaching, right? If you like coaching fundamentals and doing basics, we're a good place for you. Okay. And I do like that, but I was really enthralled by the vision that he shared. Um, And then I got an opportunity to be his COO. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I really learned from him was a couple of things. He was, um, maybe still, he's out of the Y now. He runs the Community Foundation in Dayton. Okay, was the job he moved into when I moved into the CEO role there. He he may be the best fundraiser I've ever been around. Mm. um, And how he engaged with people and how he worked with volunteers um, and board members and brought them along. An incredibly creative guy. a real partnership, collaborative model yeah. guy. Yeah. Um. So you know, I learned so much. Those facilities in Dayton, if you look at them today, many of them have, in one building, have doctors' offices and hospital services. Three yeah. of them have community colleges where you get your associate's degree. The why? He really helped. He helped me understand that model. And, okay. and led the first one, and then I had an opportunity to lead a number of them after that. Mm. But really, how he how he engaged with people and worked with volunteers yeah. was. Like, super eye-opening to me. Yeah.
0: Learned a ton. So he was doing the the model with bringing in medical facilities and, and schools back then? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we did. The, we we actually
1: opened our first one there uh, in January of 2000. Oh, wow. Because yeah. I know more and more
0: wives are trying to do that now. So he was well ahead of the game, yeah, we huh?
1: Yeah, we were actually one of the first wise. In fact, when we started looking, there was only a couple that yeah. we could go look at. And then there was a period... Uh, where we were we were the host people were coming and seeing what we wow. were doing and it's a little more it is a little more predominant today you see more yeah. people doing it but we, yeah we were really at the, kind of at the front edge of that
0: cool cool um so we, we've talked a lot about the why i'm sure there's people out there that i'm sure there's a lot of why people watching but uh for those who don't know much about the why um what would you say um the why does and wh- what what do we pride ourselves on especially here in the gateway region yeah yeah, so that's a that's a question I could talk about for about the next three hours, okay. right? So I so I won't,
1: but I think you know at the end of the day, you look at an organization like the Y that we positively impact lives. Yeah, right. And so you think about, uh, you know, we're the largest provider of swim lessons, right? And you think, and you know, you and I, and I know you have a passion around this. We've talked yep. a lot around water, around safety, around water, yep. particularly for African Americans and kids of color. You you look at. Um, you know, the work that we're doing with seniors yeah. now, right? And and it's, yeah, it's physical fitness, but it's really addressing social isolation yep. is what you're really addressing. And and that has been a huge kind of last 10 years of my career to mm-hmm. see that kind of boom with seniors. Um, you know, it's a safe place. What I like about the Y is that it's open to all, we don't turn anybody away from yep. financial, but there is no stigmatiz- stigmatizing factors around that. You walk into our Y, and you can see, um you can see bank presidents and you can see people on financial assistance working out together that's true and i just don't know where else in the community in hardly any community where you see that kind of cross-section of people interacting in a really positive great
0: way i totally i totally agree and so uh to to double down on some of that like we're doing the five dollar swim lessons to make sure they're affordable I have a lot of seniors at my Y, and there's people that have been coming there for 20 years because they lost their spouse 20 years ago, and we are their family. Yeah. And so there's a lot of things where I get a I get a lot of satisfaction out of that, knowing that, like you said, we're bringing people together, and with so much division happening in this country, you're right. I don't I don't know of too many other places, if any other place, where you can bring in this many amount of people and sit down and and be together in fellowship. Uh, so that's awesome. Um, how do you see the Why and your leadership impact in this community you know, yeah. St. Louis has a lot of issues and the Y wears a lot of hats, but you know, well, how do you see us impacting? You kind of probably touched on it just there a little bit, but a little bit. Yeah.
1: But yeah, you know, so Marcus, it's I've had the good fortune of working in in three or four different cities for the Y. And mm. I grew up in the Y. I was a Y kid. My dad was involved as a volunteer. I don't know that I've ever lived in a community where I see the work of the Y as important as it is here. Yeah. As you look at the challenges this community has, as you look at the the racial issues that this community has, I I stunned when yeah. I first got here. Some me of the community me too. Challenges, right? Me too. And you know, but but again, the opportunity to bring people together. But I look so. I, you know, when I first got here, my second or third week on the job was the was all the issues up in Ferguson. Yep. And, you know, I came from, I had been in a community for so long, smaller community, knew everybody, that if there was an issue in the community, I often got the call, how can the Y help? Yeah. right. be a part of this. And I I just kind of blindly assumed that would happen, that this Y had that reputation. And then we went, like, no one ever called. Yeah. And so, you know, I had to—I had some opportunity with some volunteers to get in front of some people, and then we were able to put together pretty quickly some work mm-hmm. um, that really addressed, particularly, some concerns around the summer and kids yeah. in Ferguson that summer following the, the disturbances. Um, and today you know I, we get those calls yeah. more often not yeah. to the point yet that I'd like to see us yeah but you know I think
0: that this community needs the why as
1: much or anywhere as I've ever left and worked
0: I agree and I think going back to about the bench strength that you've built up I think what I've seen more leaders here do now is we always say that our doors are open for all and our doors are open for all but there's more and more of, uh, of us in the why that are going out in the community yeah. and establishing those relationships which helps us get those calls and you have people in position to be able to manage those calls and, and build the relationships and build it up, which has been one of the reasons I'm here. And one of the reasons yeah. I love what I do. Well, you hit it it's relationships.
1: Yep. Right. And so there is a, there is an evolution as you look at the work that's happened here since the time I've got here that we had to get our house in order. Yeah. You know, when I first got here, I'll, I'll tell a story that I'm about to put on that I can't <laughs> believe I'm about to tell in this <laughs> format. Um, you know, when I first got here, the, we had a lot of board members that talked about the why is more than gym and swim, the why is more than gym. And yeah. I, nobody believes that more than me. And I preached preach that for hours, but I finally stood about my third month. I stood in front of the board and the staff and I said, I believe deeply the why is more than gym and swim, but right now we suck at gym and swim. <laughs> and so let's be better at that. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, and, and I'll take it back to sports, right? If you're not good at the fundamentals, yeah, right? It's the same kind of thing. Well, we've we worked really hard on that. We made membership kind of our focus of how we were going to engage with people. We improved our facilities. We improved our staff. Yeah. Um, we brought focus around that and that has evolved to the point now where we can be out more in the community. Yeah. And, and I appreciate the work that you do. You're great at that. And we've Thank got you. more people
0: that are able to focus on that yeah. because your are home wise stronger. Yep. Right? Exactly. Right. Um, so there's been a lot of uh, I know of a lot of the accomplishments that you've had like are you know financially we're stronger bench strength all that but uh, for you w- what what are you most proud of uh, during your tenure here that you've accomplished or uh, that you've been able to implement here
1: Yeah, so let me so let me let me go back to Dayton for a minute and then I'll give you one here. So when okay. I when I first moved to Dayton, um, one of my jobs was to be in charge of membership. I was okay. running the downtown Y. We had three Ys at the time. We had twenty-one hundred families involved in membership. Not very many, right? right? You think about that community. That was nineteen ninety-six. When I left in two thousand fourteen, we had twenty-two or twenty-three thousand families. Wow, a ten-time uh, ten in, increase. Ten-time increase. Wow. Now we'd also opened five new Ys. We'd done a merger to bring in a couple of new branches, but we really went from a non-entity in the community to a player wow. in the community, really impacting a lot of lives, and. You know, and I had a great opportunity there as part of five new Y buildings. And, and I don't know, and, and I'm really struck, I don't know why this is, because I was never really an aquatic guy. Right? Yeah. That, that wasn't my thing. But there was something about walking into a new Y on the second day it was open and seeing the pool full of kids. yeah, Laughing and splashing and yep. having fun. Yep. It just was really personally rewarding. Here, I would say it's been around the culture change. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, so it's, there was, it just wasn't a good culture when I got here. Um, we've worked really hard on that. Um, that doesn't come without a lot of pain because culture is a really difficult thing to change. Yeah. But you look at where we are now, and it's really, the I think, for me, what's most rewarding is the team we've put together, seeing, that, uh, seeing those results. And we can talk. I can talk all day in terms of financials, numbers, yeah. and people yeah. served and all that kind of thing. But at the end of the day, for an organization like ours, if you can put together a really strong group of people that yeah. believe in what we do, um, and then just get out of the way. yeah, really
0: cool things happen. yeah, and that's kind of where we are now. No I, I, again, if a lot of times when people are talking here, I can't verify what they're saying, <laughs> but I can actually verify <laughs> this. I've seen good people come in, I've seen the work that's being done, uh, the culture change. you're exactly right. Uh, just uh, the other day I, I I just noticed I was uh, how many people are excited about? diversity and inclusion. How many people are excited about the swim lessons and making sure that it's equitable for for all. Um, just so many things that I feel has improved in my short time here, and I've been here four years, and man, that 10-time that increase. I've increased membership in my Y three times, and that's why he's the CEO <laughs> and I'm not, because people like him do it 10 times. Um, so uh, what what has been your biggest challenge since you've been here uh, during your tenure? Yeah, so I'll give you a... So Professionally,
1: it was really attracting good people, mm-hmm. really, because because when I th- this why wasn't on the radar screen for a lot of why people as a destination that they yeah. wanted to get to, yeah. right? you know, The city's had plenty of challenges, it's got plenty of issues. What you discover when you get here, easy to get around for a big city, low cost yes. of living, yeah. good Midwestern people, yep. right? So attracting quality staff and building the right team um, is always a challenge. It was a little more challenging here so on a professional level, we've kind of done that. On a personal level, um, a little bit of my personal journey in September of 2018, I was diagnosed with cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, doing doing fine today. Yeah. Um, but that is an ongoing battle. i um, still dealing with some of the pretty major surgery. Yeah. It took care of it. Fair, basically cancer free. Although no one ever wants to use that term, but yeah. cancer free today. And I, but I underestimated I. As an athlete and somebody that works out, I'm like, okay, I can address the physical challenge of this, right? And I know how to work through that. I've got a fitness background. I've coached people. I know how to do that. Um, I think where where I missed and a lot of people don't understand when they're dealing with something like that is the emotional toll that it takes on you.
0: Yep. Um, And I continue to deal with that today. Yeah. And so it's kind of an ongoing struggle. Well, thank you for your transparency and honesty on that. I'm sure there's people out there that I think everyone that I know either uh, has known someone who's been affected by it, either themselves or a family member, and I remember when you announced it at our all staff meeting there was a lot of tears, but uh, we're so glad that you've come through yeah. and uh, man, a lot of prayers for you and, and, and it's, it's, it's motivating and inspiring to see you come back and still work hard and still do the things you're doing. So. From a personal note, I appreciate that as well. Well, I, you, know, Marcus, I appreciate that. And it, it is, I have never, I've done this work for
1: 31 years now in the Y, and I have never felt the power, personally felt the power of the Y movement more than when I went public with that. Yeah. Um, and it was a really difficult thing to go public with. My wife and I had been remarried six weeks when I was diagnosed mm. with cancer. Um, and her, I'll never forget, we sat down and her thing was women tend to talk about this and men don't yeah. talk about it. Yep. And that was a really hard thing to do. But the kind of support I felt from the staff here, I didn't – you don't ever stop and step back and think about how many friends and people you've impacted in your yeah. career. Yeah, Till suddenly you open up your email and there's 300 emails from people all over the country saying, yeah. hey, thinking about you, praying for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you're right. You run into – everybody's got a journey and everybody, you yeah. know, a lot of people have been impacted by that and you don't really realize that until – I learned – after a whole career of helping people, the, the value of being able and how humbling it is to ask for help.
0: Yeah. And that was a, that's a hard thing. No, you're right. I, I have a hard. I think a lot of athletes deal with that. Yeah. And people who are givers tend to they, they're used to that. And then to be able to sit back and ask for and allow people to help them. Yeah. Uh, sounds like an easy thing, but it's not it's always not, easy. And so yeah. uh, but no, no, thank you, brother, for sharing sure. that. Um, what's next for Tim Helm? So, I know you're the CEO now. Is there anything that you have in your immediate future, or uh, what do what you think are your plans here in the next five, 10 years? Yeah,
1: so, you know, so we've got a lot of work to do here still, mm-hmm. right? I've been here five and a half years now. Um, we're in the middle of a big capital campaign, as you know, because you yep. why is the first one being renovated yes, right are, now, which is yes, exciting. Are. Um, but we're trying to raise about fifty-five million dollars in the community to renovate wise to increase our impact to do more work. We just went over the twenty-one million dollar mark, so awesome. we're, we've been at it for about eighteen months. So that's really great. Um, Got to finish raising that money and then seeing, more importantly, seeing the impact of those dollars. Yeah, right? seeing those impact in branches. You know, um, I'm happy uh, career wise. You know. I, this is the last local Y that i want to run yeah this is i'm at a point in my career i'm invested here i want to see this happen Uh, not
0: out anxiously or actively looking for other opportunities we got we got good things here happening yeah well that's good to know we got you around here for a while so how for the people that are interested in being a part of the capital campaign or 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 wanting to support the why or wanting to know more uh, go ahead and, and tell the people how they can get involved. Yeah,
1: so probably the best thing
0: is to look on our website.
1: We've got some information about the website on the website, around the capital campaign, around our program offerings, the things that we do. Um, obviously, you know, we love for people to get involved, yeah. right? Because it is a relational game and a relationship game. Um, glad, always glad to speak at things, always yeah. glad to talk to people. Anything, you know, yourself as well. You know, anything we can do? To get out in the community. Yep. But probably the easiest way to kind of initial access is to look on our website.
0: Okay. All right, guys. Well, thank you for uh, taking the time to listen to us today, and hopefully you enjoyed the conversation, learned a little bit more about the why. But more importantly, one of the reasons I do this podcast is because people see athletes or they see CEOs, and they just hear about the decisions they make, but they very rarely get a chance to get to know them as a person. And so I know as a leader, sometimes it's lonely at the top, and people will just judge you on the decisions, but hopefully you got a better chance to know a great man right here, and a great leader who's leading this YMCA in this in this region uh, for in a, in a great direction. Mr. Tim Helm, thank you for coming on.
1: Marcus, thanks man, appreciate right. it. Thanks a lot. Here.
0: All right, peace guys. Thank you, Tim Helm, for coming on, and hopefully you guys enjoyed that conversation. Got to know a little bit more about the YMCA and a little bit more about Tim, um, and like I said, about what we're trying to do in the community. I say we because I'm a part of that. And so part of my closing thoughts is, and many of you know, I try to give a little commentary at the end. I'm gonna keep these from brief though. Um, Is, you know, just speaking about the YMCA is, you know, I really want to encourage you guys to get out and support something, support something bigger than yourself. And what I mean by that is I've been really frustrated lately hearing some people say, well, you know, I I take care of my kids and my family. That's all I that's all I got to do. And that is important. Take care of your kids. Take care of your family, but love your kids, love your family. But who can't love their own kids and their family? Right. I think what we need now as a people and as a community and as a city and as a world is to love other people's kids and love other people's families like your own. Right. That's when we start making a difference. That's when bonds start being formed and uh, divisions uh, are decreased. Right. And that's how our communities get better. And So, you know, just get out your bubble. You know, I think too many people have heard that phrase, you know, I just got to take care of me and mine. And that's not what life is about. Just taking care of you and yours. If you can get out and help other people. And when I say help, that might mean financial resources. That might mean time and volunteerism. That might mean knowledge. That might just be an uh, an encouraging act or or, uh, encouraging words of kindness. You know, I mean, that's where it's at. And if you haven't learned that yet um man you really missing out on life and that's one thing i love about working at the y is you know i don't i don't sit here and say that the why is the end all be all i do think that we do a lot of great things but there's a lot of other nonprofits and a lot of other people doing great things and i support those people as well but i like being a part of something that's bigger than myself the why was before me it'll be after me and all these other people all these other businesses are, will be before you and after you but when you can give yourself to a cause bigger than yourself and lose yourself in the moment lose yourself in and accomplishing something bigger than that is something that, that is not self-serving, man, that, that, that's where it's at. And then you're going to sleep well at night and know that you're able to plant trees under shade that you will never benefit from that's where it's at guys i'm trying to tell you and so if you haven't figured that out yet please take my advice and give it a try and make it a habit not just once and say oh i went and volunteered last christmas and you do it every christmas and easter no try to make it uh, actually a uh, actual daily or weekly or monthly occurrence you know and I'm, i promise you you're gonna feel better about yourself and you're gonna see changes in the people around you right because they're gonna because then you're gonna feel better and then you bring a uh, more positive energy into the room and Man, And then life just gets better. I'm trying to tell you guys. So, man, think big. Think bigger than yourself. Love big. And uh, like I said, as we always try to get better and better and better every day. One thing that you will always hear me say is greatness is in the details, guys. Man, I appreciate you guys for listening. Uh, Please tune that back in next week. Have a great week. Peace.